Welcome to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight, the podcast where we uncover the secrets of CEOs, entrepreneurs, and visionaries who've used public speaking to skyrocket their businesses and their bottom line. Get ready for captivating stories, valuable insights, and practical wisdom from the trailblazers who've mastered the art of the stage. I'm your host, Kelly O'Hara, and I'm thrilled to bring their experiences and expertise directly to you. Let's get started. back to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight, the show where we illuminate the power of public speaking and how it can supercharge your professional trajectory. I'm your host, Kelly O'Hara, and our special guest today is Dr. Laura Sicola, a powerhouse and industry leader in her field. She is a leadership, communication, and influence expert, a speaker, and the author of Speaking to Influence, Mastering Your Leadership Voice. She's also the host of a podcast, Speaking to Influence, Communication Secrets of the C-Suite. Laura's mission is to transform executives into confident, inspiring leaders, whether live or virtually, or in order to get the results they want and turn their vision into their legacy. As the founder of Vocal Impact Productions, she has trained and coached executives at Comcast, IBM, the U.S. Department of Commerce, and Women Against Abuse, along with politicians, business owners, and nonprofit leaders from around the world. Laura's TEDx talk, Wanna Sound Like a Leader? Start by Saying Your Name Right, has nearly 7 million viewers. And it's a must-see for any speaker or leader wanting to understand the value and meaning of executive presence. Laura's been featured on a multitude of programs, including Fox and Friends First, NBC 10 at Issue, and PHL 17. She's spoken to thousands at conferences, such as the Professional Business Women of California Conference and the PA Conference for Women. Dr. Laura received her PhD in Educational Linguistics from the University of Pennsylvania, where she returned to teach. And you're aiming, if you're aiming to refine your speech or presentation, reshape your leadership journey, or simply gain insights from a titan in the industry, you do not want to miss this episode today. Dr. Laura Sicola, it's an honor to have you on the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight. Kelly, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Well, I loved your TEDx talk. Want to sound like a leader? Start by saying your name right. And with that title, it is no surprise people want to hear your talk to the tune of 7 million views. So clearly it's a very compelling title. You speak of executive presence. I would love it if you'd elaborate on the three C's of vocal executive presence and maybe share some tips on how one can effectively command the room. Oh, the so that is number one right there, Kelly. The three C's of what I like to call vocal executive presence are the ability to command the room, connect with the audience, and close the deal. And simply put, the commanding the room is just having that presence where people can't help but notice you to take to pay attention to you. There's a almost a magnetism, your natural charisma of sorts. And everybody out there does have it. I know charisma is a scary word, but everyone's got it. Somebody out there in the world thinks you're awesome. Help the rest of the world see what that person sees in you. But the there's a difference between commanding attention and respect and demanding it. And when you have to demand it, then you'll never command it. There's the difference in that. Um, connecting with the audience then is that ability to establish that mutual understanding that you on, you get me and I get you. We share something in common and we're going to proceed forward on that mutual 
point, whatever it is. And then closing the deal is not does not necessarily have to do at all with signing on the dotted line or exchanging money of some sort. It just means getting to yes, forming an agreement, moving the needle forward, just deciding whatever the next step is going to be to proceed together. That's closing the deal little by little. Oh, I love that. That is really helpful. So tell me something. So what do you think are the key elements when you're creating your story as a speaker? How do you make that story hypnotic and captivating to listeners? Stories need to be and feel personal. And there's a really big difference between retelling a story and reliving the story. If it is something that is personal to you or maybe third person about you're telling a story about somebody else, you have to live it. So whatever emotion is happening in the story, you need to sound like you're connecting with that emotion that you're uh, you're putting the feeling to the words themselves. Because if you just restate the occurrences, the sequence of facts that happened in the course of the story, it just sounds like a spreadsheet. It sounds like a bullet list and no one wants to cozy up with a bullet list or a spreadsheet at night. There's no, there's no emotional connection to that. So really the ability to relive it and help the listener relive it with you is, is one of the most important factors to really bringing it to life. Oh, that's perfect. Now, you know, you've talked about leadership voice. It's in, in the talks I've seen, that you've had it on your podcast. And it's critical for speakers to discover their leadership voice. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that and maybe maybe share some of the pitfalls that you've seen with other people's speeches that can inadvertently undermine a speaker's authority or their influence? Uh, that's about 17 hours worth of a list that just came <laughs> right to mind. But I think one of the most, one of the biggest pitfalls that people, uh, well, fall into is this sense of, well, if I'm going to talk to this group, I have to sound X or that there's a singular almost personality that you have to be. And it's binary. It's you are it or you aren't it. I have to sound serious. So if they're going to take me seriously, so I need to be serious or there's, you're afraid to let your personality out. You're afraid to have a little bit of fun. You're afraid to uh, have a little bit of self-deprecating humor or to play with the audience a bit here and there. Afraid to be vulnerable and share some some past experience or insight or emotion with people. Anything that doesn't just sound serious. Again, going back to that kind of spreadsheet model of authority, so to speak. And what people don't realize is that they want you to be you. They want authenticity. But also to recognize that authenticity is not binary. This It's not, this is me, that's not me. This is authentic, that's not authentic. We have what I like to call a prismatic voice. So the same way, Kelly, that I'm sure you've seen those little crystal-y things that people will hang from windows or from, uh, you know, rear view mirrors in a car. And when the sunlight hits it and the little rainbow comes out the other side, you can see that on the wall or on the floor. In the same way, you and I, we are all that white light. And this is about as woo-woo as I get, by the way, just <laughs> not big into that, but work with me on the metaphor here. When when the light hits that, that little prism, that little crystal piece, similarly, when our white light goes into the prism of whatever context you're in, a, a podcast interview like this, or a meeting, or a presentation, et cetera, 
you realize that you have all those colors inside of you too. And the question is for this context, which of your colors needs to shine most brightly for that audience to connect with you? So right now I'm in podcast guest slash coach mode. So I'm in my sort of teacher voice and my connecting, et cetera. Let's call that my red. I also have a seven-year-old. I don't talk to him like this. He'd stop playing with me. It would kind of defeat the purpose of the interaction. So well, the, my mommy voice, my fun mommy voice, let's call that my blue, just because. And it's not that when I'm being that, I'm being real. And when I'm doing this, it's fake or vice versa. No, that's just the mommy part of me. This is just the coaching or the, the public speaking part of me. And they're both me. I just know which one to tune up and which one to tune down a little bit so that whoever I'm talking to in the moment gets what I need them to get in a way that they can get it and still lets me be me. That's the most important part. I love that. That just, that resonates so perfectly. So, all right, then let's talk about, you know, you have great confidence, you exude presence. Um, but not everybody walks through life loud and proud every day, right? For individuals who might be more reserved or hesitant in their public speaking or who often find even networking a challenge, maybe you could give them some strategies or tips that are specifically tailored for introverts to kind of excel in networking scenarios or how they can build and exude confidence when they're addressing an audience, when they actually now take the stage. You know, it's funny, Kelly, because I think there's a misconception that uh, introvert and shy are synonyms. And they're not necessarily because there are truckloads of expert introverts I know who hate public speaking and who are fine in networking events, but are terrified to actually initiate the conversation. Once they're in, they're fine, but they just don't know how to go up to someone and introduce themselves. So, and there's plenty of introverts I know who are fabulous on stage and great presenters. So I don't want anybody out there to either feel like they self-identify as an introvert and thus that's the justification for not wanting to do these kinds of things or that someone who is an extrovert and maybe still is uncomfortable in those situations. Like, am I a bad extrovert? Am I supposed to be good at those kinds of things? No, there's no, we're, we're not going to generalize and categorize in this way. But to the extent that anybody out there who perhaps is nervous about presenting, for example, what's most important, I think, is to simply not telegraph it. If I were nervous coming onto this stage, I wouldn't introduce myself verbally and say, hi, I'm Dr. Laura Sicola. I'm the founder of Vocal Impact Productions. And Kelly, I just want to know, I want you to know that uh, you intimidate me completely and I'm really scared about the rest of this interview. <laughs> I'd never do that. So what we have to think about what are some of the, the speech habits that people have that telegraph that nervousness? Because those habits those are just simply behaviors and we have control over all of them. So if I know that when I get nervous, I use a lot of fillers, I might say, um, I mean, you know, like, so, uh, okay, well, note to self, put a marker in my brain saying, slow my speech down a little bit, try not to connect all of my thoughts or fill in too much space with those throwaway words, because that's going to give them a sign of my nerves. I can control that. It may be a matter of of speed. Do you tend to talk faster when you get nervous because you're anxious about something else or you're afraid you're going to run out of time? Slow down and act like you own it and just let the words come out at their own pace. It will project a calmness that allows people to believe 
that you are more confident. And as you get better, people will respond to you in a way that project that represents your or reflects that confidence and it makes you feel it. It's kind of a chicken or the egg thing. You just got to start somewhere. And all of those little details try not to project your nerves. And if you can control those behaviors, it's amazing how it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of success. It makes me think of that slogan, never let them see you sweat. <laughs> or I can hear my mom saying as a kid, because I was really shy, and she would say, don't worry about it. They don't, they can't see you thinking. They don't know what you're thinking. Right. Moms are right. Yep. Right? Absolutely. So with executive presence, you know, this isn't, even though our show is so much about public speaking and how that can, you know, create such massive trajectory in your business, it's, this is as much about your business. So for entrepreneurs and business professionals, how do the principles of vocal executive presence translate into closing deals or getting buy-in from stakeholders? Well, so there's lots of different pieces as far as if you are trying to make a sale and having that conversation to, to get that agreement uh, versus other kinds of stakeholders. Of course, you want to know what your intention is, but being able to sound confident in, especially in those last few segments of a conversation where I think, for example, one of the things speak professional speakers and trainers or, or, you know, independents, experts like us, many people get nervous when they have to start talking money. It's like, I'm great at telling you how much I love to do what I do and how well I connect with the audience on stage. But then we start to talk about the prices. We start to talk about fees and everybody starts to shrink inside and go, I'm, I'm afraid to tell you how much I charge for this. And I mean, if you really don't want to spend that much, I mean, I guess I could do it for half. And then you start to talk yourself down and they haven't even responded yet. We all, the, the fear of the money conversation is something that undermines a lot of speakers right from the beginning. So the hardest thing to do and the most important thing to do in those conversations when you get to that part and they say, so tell me about your fees is to say, well, for a keynote speech, for however much time, et cetera, my, my base rate is X. And then do the hardest thing ever. Stop talking. <laughs> don't rationalize. Don't explain. Don't disclaim. Don't give caveats about what you could, and if it's not, and then, and then, but maybe, I guess, I suppose I could just shut up <laughs> and let them respond. It is the hardest thing in the world for most people to do is just to state this number and leave it. Especially if they start to hem and haw a little bit. Oh, well, I didn't realize, it. Uh, well, I guess, you know, our budget's a little lower than that. I, I, you know, had a conversation just a few days ago with someone where I gave them the fee and they said what they had sort of anticipated or what their standard fee is for this, that, and I just nodded. And then they said, well, I mean, I guess, you know, we'd probably have to go and see if we can get approval for, for that particular rate. I said, okay, great. Let me know what you find out. And I left it at that. I'm not going to say, well, sure. Let me just drop my rates just because maybe they can get my fee. And I charge that for a reason. That's really important. So let's see what they say, because if they come back with a lower number or something in the middle or something, you know, I don't know, but then we're going to find alternative ways to make up for the difference because I know my value. And if they know my value and I believe they do, which is why they came to me, then we're going to make sure that we both get that value out of the experience. I love that explanation. I often feel the deal is made in the silence. 
the first one who speaks loses. I love that phrase. Sit with it, make a decision and sit with it. And it's knowing your value. And if it's not the right client, the right time, the the right deal, then it's not the it's not going to happen or it's not going to happen today. Okay. I love that advice. I hope everybody's listening to that. It's so powerful because I think everybody's a little bit a little bit glitchy when it gets to speaking their price. So I think that's incredibly helpful. Um, so when we're talking about, I know what I wanted to ask you about is, you know, there's always the essentials of crafting a good business pitch, right? And there's the infamous elevator pitch. And I thought you were the perfect person to ask about this because it's often the first and maybe the only impression you get to leave. You have such a short period of time. So it's, it's really the talk that you need to master it's necessary, it's hopefully impactful, and it's got executive presence. So how do you ensure that you're memorable and then you know, hopefully sought after, after they've heard it? Give us some thoughts and some tips or strategies on that. I think the most important feature of a successful elevator pitch is that it conveys the value that you deliver more than conveying the the features that you provide or the tasks that you complete. Most people give the elevator pitch and say, well, I can do this and I can do this and I can do this and check the box, check the box. But what do the people get out of it? How will I make your life better as a result? What experience will you have if you do work with me? And that's something that most people completely and utterly miss. So again, it's all head, it's all spreadsheet, there's no heart, there's no emotion. And people make decisions emotionally first. And then eventually their brain, their, their the spreadsheet part of their brain looks for data to back up the emotional decision they've already made. It's just the way it, humans are wired. So I think it's important to be able to lead with the value. And the way to do that is number one to recognize that there are different contexts. Like there, it's not necessarily one size fits all with an elevator pitch. Because are you in a networking event where everyone's going to have two minutes to go round the table and share what they do and for whom, or is it just at a conference, the breakfast before the opening keynote speaker, and you're just chatting with people as you bump into them at the coffee table, and they're answering the "so what do you do?" question. And that's where everyone tends to fall apart. So having something ready that's where the the two minutes or the one minute needs to give a complete picture versus is an elevator, is it the elevator pitch really just a hook or just, and I'll use this phrase lovingly, bait to hook them into a conversation where they're just going to not bait and switch. Let's be clear on that, but just enough to make them say, well, that's interesting. Tell me more about something. So where something you said caught their attention and they want to know more about that. So um, one that I might use for people when I, as opposed to just launching into name rank serial number is a question like, hey, Kelly, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had one of those moments where you're talking and you suddenly think to yourself, that sounded better in my head <laughs> for one of those moments? Or maybe you are uh, trying to, you know exactly what you want to say and it's clear as day in your head and you feel it passionately in your heart, but you don't know how to get it out of your mouth in a way that's clear, concise, and compelling to the other person. That's what I fix. 
and leave oh, it at that. that. Well, there you go. I, well, that explains everything of why people need to come to you <laughs> because they get it. Um, they, I think we've all been stuck with that. Sometimes those are the worst words. What do you do? Yes. And, and people freeze because it all depends on the situation. There's context and you need to have some flexibility there i've heard coaches say just have one thing all you need to say is is just a singular you've got your pitch ready but i i think context as well it depends on where you are yes a little bit on where you are and what you're trying to accomplish in that moment so yes. i really appreciate such great advice um okay well with that said um, I'm going to tell you right off the bat that this is just not enough time. I <laughs> would spend an hour more uh, and I would still only touch the surface. So what I'm going to say is it's been a pleasure just touching these topics today because that's how I feel. They were so good that I want more. And your insights, Laura, have undoubtedly not only piqued listeners' interest, but I suspect especially based on your TEDx talk, they're saying their names in new and different ways. I speak for myself as well. And so your expertise and the power and the value of vocal executive presence, it's been invaluable. And for those that want to find out more about Laura, you can visit her website at vocalimpactproductions.com or catch her podcast at Speaking to Influence, Communication Secrets of the C-Suite. Thank you again, Laura. I, I want everybody, everybody needs to check out this fabulous TEDx talk. Want to sound like a leader? Start by saying your name right. Once you hear that, you're going to have to get in touch with her. Uh, so thanks again, Laura, for taking the time to share your knowledge with us and the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight, because that's exactly what this podcast is all about. That's terrific. And thank you for the resource for everybody else out there to help everyone be more effective, more successful, happier speakers. It's We can't thank you enough. Well, all of you, thank you for tuning in to another episode. Your support and engagement are what drive us to continue bringing you top-tier guests like Dr. Sokola. Every episode, including today's, is crafted with you in mind, aiming to provide you with usable insights that can make a real difference in your professional trajectory and your commitment to growth and learning that fuels our mission. So we'll be back with more insights, more expertise, and more stories that will empower you. And until then, harness the power of your voice, refine those pitches, and continue to make an impact. I'm Kelly O'Hara, and I look forward to seeing you next time on the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight. I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight. We hope you enjoyed this deep dive once again into the remarkable stories and insights of our incredible guests. Their experiences and wisdom are not just meant to inspire you, but to provide you with actionable steps to take on your own path to success. Remember, you have a story to tell and your voice has the power to transform your business and make lasting impact. If you found value in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an empowering conversation. We'd also appreciate it if you could leave us a review and share the show with your friends, colleagues, and your fellow visionaries. Until next time, 
keep speaking, keep growing, and keep reaching to make your difference. This is Kelly O'Hara, signing off from the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight.